0: I was just trying to think. What is the height of like church janitor? <laughs> I don't know. It's like uh, wiping the
1: uh, wiping the pee off the toilet seat of uh, Benny, for Benny Hinn. <laughs>
0: that stuff's anointed. <laughs> it's is <just> like. <laughs> wow, I'm healed. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Strange World of Christianity. We are your hosts, Zach Stelly and Zach Hilton. And we are two regular Christian guys who love to talk about theology and want to share some of our thoughts on some of the odd or misunderstood aspects of the Christian faith.
1: Yeah, we're basically just uh, talking about how weird we are and uh, laughing at ourselves. That way you can laugh with us and not at us.
0: One of the things that we're talking about today is we're talking about entertainment. And we're talking about how entertainment influences us, whether you're in the Christian or secular world. And we're also going to talk about, you know, something that uh, Christians produce, which is Christian entertainment. And how good, or what we will talk about, how very, very bad it can be. Yeah.
1: The Christian entertainment industry is uh, very interesting, to say the least. Um, there, there's definitely some good things that have come out of the Christian entertainment uh, there's been some good Christian movies, some good Christian music, but there is also a reputation of Christian music having really bad art and breeding like bad movies, bad bad music, and yeah. just or just cheesy stuff. Yeah. So we want to uh, we just want to uh, touch on that a little bit today. Um, so I think it's important that we set the foundation for like why this even matters. You know. Um, I mean, for, uh, for us, entertainment, it influences the culture. Now, you may, you may be asking, like, does it really influence the culture? Like, how much does it, entertainment really influence the culture? So I found, I found this New York Times article from July 25th, 2019, and it's talking about the, uh, the influence that entertainment has on us. And uh, this is what the article reads. Sesame Street, the show, which began in 1969, was meant to develop early literacy, numeracy, and emotional skills for children at a preschool age. A detailed analysis of the show's content in its first and second years revealed that 80% of the program was dedicated to those goals, with the rest meant to entertain. So, researchers uh, randomly assigned groups of low-income children aged 3 to 5 into an experimental group and a control group. In the experimental group, parents were given access to the show if they lacked it, and encouraged in person once a month to have their children watch the show. Almost all, almost all, like ninety-three percent of the parents of the children in the experimental group reported that their children subsequently watched the show, compared with roughly one-third of the children in the control group. So that would be about thirty-five percent mm. um, among among watchers. Those those in the experimental group also watch more frequently. Mm. Over six months from November 1970 to May 1971, the experimental group gained 5.4 IQ points, wow. a large effect relative to the control group, and showed stronger evidence of the lear- of learning along several other dimensions. Gains in cognitive performance were especially large for those who viewed the show frequently relative to those who did so rarely or never. And uh, It goes on to say... In newly published research, the economists uh, Melissa Kearney and Philip Levine examined longer-term ter- longer effects of Sesame Street by comparing the educational outcomes of children and young adults in counties more or less likely to have access to the program during its early years. They found that children living in counties with better Sesame Street coverage were less likely to be held behind a grade level. Mm. So it seems pretty obvious to me that if entertainment has that sort of positive impact, it stands to reason that it can also have a negative impact. Yeah. So, I mean, and we see it all the time. I mean, a lot of the entertainment nowadays, it desensitizes us to sex, murder, and violence. And it also has the ability to shape the way that we think. And, I mean, even, like, not just movies, but even music. I mean, yeah. music gets stuck in your head. Yeah. I mean, we're. it's like... You just look on TikTok for like five seconds, and it's like yeah. you've got you've got a song stuck in your head. And the reason why we view this as important is for for a couple of reasons. So, uh, in Philippians four eight, uh, this is the ESV. It says, "Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, and." Also in Romans twelve two, it says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the Bible is very clear that there's an expectation for us to make sure that our thoughts are dwelling upon good things, dwelling upon God, dwelling upon his righteousness, dwelling upon the good things that he's created. So Christian uh, entertainment comes in to kind of give that alternative, but uh, the question that we're really asking here is, how effective has that really been?
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? There are some Christian movies that are universally known. Perfect example, Passion of the Christ. Yep. It, Prince of Egypt.
1: Yeah. Oh, dude, I love Prince of Egypt. And
0: so, Prince of Egypt, it works on two things. It's well-written. It has star power, which is another way to say influence, but also it's working on nostalgia. And so people want to feel the same feelings that they have as a child. Because whenever you're a child, you feel your emotions stronger because they're new. And so it's a very different thing. So especially with those kinds of movies, you have a very positive outlook for them because of that. And so like uh, Passion of the Christ, it's a classic because uh, Mel Gibson directed it. But also it shows the brutality of the cross. And it was writ- it, it was a unique film as well. Like it was, it was all spoken in Aramaic or Latin. Yeah, and uh, I think it was Latin. Was it Latin? No, I,
1: no, it was actually in original Hebrew. It was in Hebrew. Okay, yeah.
0: and so it was all speaking in the original language. So you had to have subtitles to watch it. And plus, just going through the aspects of the cross is something that a lot of people, whether Christian or secular, would call a masterpiece. Yeah, absolutely. And so those are two good examples, and I don't believe that's even the... I don't know, I don't want to say... I think those would be the strongest examples of Christian entertainment in that way. Well, here here's the interesting
1: thing, though, is that those were not created by Christian uh, production companies. No. So uh, I can't remember... Um, I know Mel Gibson directed uh, *Passion of the Christ* and he has a Catholic background. Yeah, I can't remember uh, what production who produced uh, *Passion of the Christ*, but I do know that uh, like *Prince of Egypt* was produced by DreamWorks. Yeah, which is not a it's not a Christian uh, company.
0: No, I mean, I think it was even directed by like Steven Spielberg. Really? I think
1: so. Dang, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's easy to say that those are masterpieces because they were made by. People that are like praised in the secular world, mm-hmm. but then you have like some of these indie Christian movies. I guess we'll say
0: so, I think like, that's a correct interpretation or category. Yeah, for him.
1: and I mean, so it's honestly hit or miss. So like you've got like uh you've got movies like God's Not Dead. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh. And you've got Fireproof, and like <laughs> you've got uh. And, you, and you've got – you see, have you seen Christian Mingle?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, you watched it with me. I did. It's so bad it's good.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And, so, and that's the thing about Christian movies as well is it's like it has the same effect of like a Sharknado. A lot yeah. of them are so bad <laughs> that they're good. It's just Sharknado knows what they're doing. They're being bad on purpose. And I was listening – I was doing some research about this topic, and whenever it comes to Christian film and Christian cinema – it's virtual sermons, while if you look at other film work and everything like that, film is one of the rare um, art forms that you get to portray both music, paintings, and uh, and like theater all in one, and you get to tell a story in that. And a perfect example of like one of my favorite movies, it has to be Goodfellas, which I think Goodfellas. Wait, hold on. I think it was good, Phyllis. I don't know. Anyway, um, or another example is like a series that's on Netflix right now. It's called All American. Basically, it talks about a inner-city black kid who is uh, extremely uh, good football player, and it tells about black culture. And to somebody who doesn't live in black culture, it's very enlightening. Boys in the Hood is another example of that. And so these are very popular movies that show you a picture into this culture, and I believe that's kind of the whole thing with film—is it shows you a picture into what they into what they want you to see. Right, but so,
1: and you're absolutely right with, by that. But I think with Christian movies, they're trying to a lot of Christian movies, or at least uh, the ones that the ones that were mentioned. Like I feel like they try to they they paint a perspective of culture mm-hmm. but honestly i don't think it's the right i don't think it's always the right perspective so like take for example god's not dead um there there's a scene in uh, god's not dead where uh the uh this woman is uh having dinner with uh, was it her fiance i, I think, think it was yeah her fiance and she i don't know if she's like I don't know. if She's just like agnostic, or she's a believer, and he's not. Or I
0: think she was the Christian, and the rest of them were like college professors who were atheists and agnostic. Well, no,
1: he was. He wasn't a college professor. He was like a. I don't remember. Are you he-
0: talking about Kevin Sorbo?
1: No, 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 not okay, Kevin Sorbo.
0: It, okay. No, 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 no,
1: not Ke- not his character. It was a different. It was a different character, but in the same movie. Okay. So, uh, this uh, woman is having uh, dinner with her fiance, who is just a flat flat- out like atheist hates God like they paint they paint that picture very black is uh
0: oh yeah I think it was Dean Kane's character yes yes yeah it okay
1: was. so um yeah uh, they're having dinner and she tells her fiance it's like I have cancer and he immediately is just like that you want to tell me that right now and ruin dinner I it's like okay. I understand. I understand that when you're painting, when you're painting evil, like when you're when you're trying to paint the picture of evil, you have to paint it as black as possible. But the problem with Christian, the problem with Christian movies is like it's so uh, it's so dualistic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so like it's so black or white that you miss a lot of the gray area that's in, that's in life, and there's a lot of gray area. Yeah, and uh, it's like. Because I I know plenty of got plenty of people in my life that would identify as atheist or agnostic that would not react that way.
0: Absolutely, and so I think that's it, the whole thing. I'm sorry.
1: It, it, it just well, I'll just say it. It, it makes it unbel it makes it unbelievable, and it I think it it has the potential to make Christians militant towards people who are of a, of an opposing belief. Yeah, which is not which I don't believe is what Jesus called us to be.
0: No. And plus, with God's Not Dead, it tells you how to think. And so, uh, after the movie came out, especially the first one, people would go to Newsboys concerts, and at these Newsboys concerts, every time they would show Kevin Sorbo's character, they would boo. Because that was the atheist, that was a bad guy. And the whole thing around it as well is, if you look at Christian film, they're not written by filmmakers, they're written by pastors. Yeah, exactly. And pastors give sermons... Like, the Kendrick Brothers, who wrote uh, Courageous, uh, Fire... Did they write Fireproof? I don't know. Yeah, they did Fireproof. Uh, And all these different movies, like, they're pastors. They're not filmmakers. And so the importance of that is they lose the nuance of it. Like, nuance is kind of like the vibe it gives. And so, like, we're kind of young and hip, so we can say that word, but like, <laughs> it's kind of like the vibe of the movie. Perfect example of nuance is like, if I call Stelly and he answers the phone, and he's like, Hey bro, how are you doing? Like the nuance of that is he's in a good mood. He's in, he wants to talk, he's open to it. But if I call him and I, and he's like, yeah, like, okay, he's being a little short right now. He might be aggravated. He might be irritated. I might want to shorten up what I'm saying. How this applies to the movies is, um, with God's Not Dead in particular, which we're not going to you know, completely just flush God's Not Dead down the toilet. We have plenty of others. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> um, we have a whole list, in fact. Um, that uh, The whole thing with God's Not Dead, though, is it tells you how to think. It tells you uh, in one of the main scenes that uh, the character says, I believe God wants somebody to defend him. And it kind of goes against the Bible in the sense of, isn't God a big boy? Isn't this the same God that, you know, split the Red Sea? Isn't he going to be, I don't think God's going to get his fifis hurt because an atheist doesn't believe in him. And so it kind of paints this picture of like, you believe wrong, let me show you how to believe. And like you were saying before, it kind of paints atheists in a picture of an antagonist. And you're completely right. I've met some very loving, caring atheists. I've also met some Christians who are extremely militant. So you are correct in that.
1: Yeah, but I would also say that I don't think it's necessarily the problem that I have with it is that it's telling you how to think. I mean, we are called to evangelize, and we are called to think a certain way. and to for other if we want other people to think that way we need to explain it to them and teach them how to how to think but i think my issue with it is the approach that uh, they have you know uh the, i don't believe that i believe that we're called to evangelize but i don't believe that we're called to be militant towards i don't believe that we're supposed to view atheists or agnostics or people of other faiths as adversaries but we're viewing them as people that need rescuing because because at one point we were the exact same way, at one point we needed rescuing. That's the whole reason we came to Jesus is because we needed a savior. So yeah, and I mean, I, it's like there were, it's like there were good things that were highlighted in that movie. I mean, the a lot of the points that he made for God were were accurate and they were good. Sure. But you know, I think it's like you said, it's like. The danger in making movies the way that that was made is that it can it can make us militant towards people of opposing beliefs, which is not what we want to do. No, you know, I mean, we want we do want to share the truth and lo- we want to share the truth in love, and we want and sometimes that means saying hard things. Yeah, and you know, risk it does. Sometimes that does mean risk like risking offending somebody. Sure, but uh, that does that doesn't mean that. We have to come in with this mentality of I'm right, you're wrong, <laughs> nana na boo boo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh I think we we need to come in with we need to come at it with a humble heart and we need to come out with a lot of grace, which yeah. I, it's like I feel like just like movies like that they they have a hard time painting that painting an accurate picture of what that's supposed to look like, in my opinion. I agree. You know, I mean but I mean there are good examples of that in movies like uh like How to Save a Life. Have you ever watched that movie? I haven't. It so that's
0: that the Michael W Smith one? No, 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 no that okay. that's Second Chance. Uh okay.
1: No, uh, uh To Save a Life is about this uh kid in high school, his uh, ex-best friend uh ends up killing himself inside inside of a school and uh the whole movie's him like going on this journey that leads him to Christ and leads him to like befriend people that are normally shunned in high school. So, but there's a youth pastor that's in that, uh, movie that takes in, who takes in the guy who like, uh, his friend killed himself Mm -hmm. and like real, like really like does a good job of like mentoring him and showing it what it means to like lead somebody to Christ. Yeah. Like showing what it means to be a discipler. And, you know, I think, I think things like that like paint a good picture of like what we're supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, God's not dead. I feel like didn't really do that for me.
0: And I would say a positive aspect of showing Christian filmmaking. Uh, the director's name is Darren Wilson and he does uh, some movies uh, basically they're testimonies of miracles. And so um, tell me if you've seen any of these, like Finger of God. Hand of God, uh, Relentless Love, different Furious Love. I and so <laughs> you need. I'm going to send you some links later just because they're very good and they show the workings of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in regular people's lives. And also, it doesn't give you a lot of details. It doesn't tell you how to think. It lets you think for yourself. Could the people be planted? Possibly. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying yes. It's up for you to decide. But I think that's what's important because... Jesus told a lot of stories and he didn't tell people what to think. He gave a lot of op- he gave a lot open to interpretation. Yeah. Well, uh
1: yeah. Well, so let me ask you this, like why do you think it is that like what do you think makes a a Christian movie good and makes or makes a Christian movie bad? Like what what is the uh, what is like the pattern that you see like in all the Christian movies that you absolutely hate?
0: Lack of I would have to say it's lack of, like, irony. <laughs> lack of irony? Or the ability to not use irony in their favor. Let me explain it. So, take Christian Mingle. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Girl is, like, what, 30? Yeah. Like, a normal age, and all her friends are like, oh, you're still not married yet? You're still not married yet? Yeah. And then she goes to Christian Mingle, which is like the Tinder for Christians. Um, and she finds a man, and it's like the corniest thing ever. He's a missionary in Mexico, and basically at the end of the movie, they, I guess, get married and move to Mexico and go into a parish. She starts speaking Spanish. It's great. Yeah. And, so, um, and so the whole thing that the movie is missing there is it's taking itself either too seriously or not seriously enough. And this is what I mean by that. Um, it's not the, what I would say the secular equivalent of that would be, would be like a knocked up. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, it understands that it understands itself. Yeah. It understands it's one of those cheesy rom-coms. Yeah. Or what's a rom-com? Give me a rom-com.
1: A uh, rom-com would be like, uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Yes, okay, um,
0: perfect example. Knocked up kind of a comedy. Sweet Home Alabama is a great idea, is a great concept because I think she comes back from like California back to Alabama and like her high school sweetheart is still there, Nothing's changed about him. But the whole point well, of the movie She was
1: trying to get a divorce from him. it was her it was her husband, she was trying to get a divorce right. from
0: him. <laughs> and wasn't Patrick De-
1: Patrick Dempsey in that? I don't I don't remember if he was in that. I I know it was uh Matthew McConaughey was yeah. No, no, it wasn't even Matthew McConaughey playing the husband. I, who was that? I think who was, it was that Patrick playing? Patrick Dempsey. It wasn't Patrick Dempsey. I okay. know that for sure. Okay. But regardless, it was Reese Witherspoon and some guy, some guy that's famous. And so,
0: <laughs> but kind of the point I'm making here is the whole point of the movie was she's going through this divorce, but she's also trying to find love. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to be divorced anymore. And so it, ta- it paints this picture. With Christian Mingle, it's kind of the same thing, except they want they remind you almost like every 5 minutes that they're christians yeah and my whole thing is you can share the gospel through entertainment without being weird
1: yeah well i th- i think the pattern that i see is uh there's a lack of like direct there's a lack of direction as far as finding that target audience yes. so that's ba- another good point so a lot of a uh, a lot of these christian movies like they can't it doesn't they it doesn't seem like they can decide between whether they're trying to target people that are already Christians and just entertain them and yeah. just build and just build up the body or if they're trying to be evangelistic and reach people outside of you know the Christian realm i so, agree so for example for example god's not God, i know we keep going back to god's not dead but god's not dead seemed like it was trying to be it was uh, advertised as an evangelical tool, yeah. so its purpose was to evangelize. But when you watch the movie, a lot of the new, a lot of the nuances that, like you were talking about, are appealing to people that are already Christians. Yeah. So the mo- what the movie ends up doing is instead of like actually reaching uh, people outside of Christianity, it's really just. Uh, boosting it's just boosting the morale of uh people that are already Christians. Yes. Which is which is fun which is fine, I guess. Um, but it's still I was like the mission like the purpose behind that is fine, but it's like it was advertised as an evangelical tool and it just can't it just can't make up its mind whether it's one or the other. And so, my
0: my point of view is I would say that's not fine. Like I believe that those kinds of movies that paint People who don't believe the same thing as you, like, they need to stop making film.
1: Well, not so. I'm not saying that, uh, like, the way they were painting, like, the like, the, uh, the atheist who got pissed off at his cancer ridden girlfriend (laughs) like uh i'm not talking about that guy i'm not talking about that because that's so ridiculous
0: i laugh at it
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's not that that's like that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about it's okay if you're wanting to make a christian movie that's only going to appeal to a christian audience yes that that is perfectly fine and i think that that can be good i think that movies like that can be encouraging Mm -hmm. i mean uh there's a movie called War Room that I feel is very much like that. So, War War in a positive room, way. Or in yeah, in, a, in okay. a positive way. So War Room is one of those movies that uh, that is specifically for believers. Yeah, and it encourages believers to be more militant in their prayer, which I absolutely agree with. Absolutely. And it's being strategic with your prayers, and I I think that's great. And you know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, advertised as a Movie that you're gonna bring your non-Christian friends to come see and they're gonna get saved after watching it, but it still empowered Christians to when they watched it to be more active in their prayer life, and that's great. And that's great, you know. um, I mean, and there are some uh, movies out there that I think that I think do a decent job of like trying to evangelize. So like, um, I know it's like I know like uh, Left Behind for uh i know it's so there are parts of that so the original one with kurt cameron i we can pick that movie apart and uh talk about what's good and what's bad about that all day but (laughs) as a as a movie it's a movie that would grip even people that are outside of the uh, christian uh worldview i could see that i think you know and i think it, it it does a good job of making people ask questions now whether their theology in that movie is correct or not, I don't
0: know. It's not,
1: <laughs> but it's still get, but it's still a good evangelical tool to get people to ask questions yes. and to get people interested. You know, same with, same with uh, I would even say Passion of the Christ. Like people, if like somebody who doesn't know anything about Jesus, like wants to watch a historical movie about uh, Jesus's last days, mm-hmm. that's a that's a good movie to watch to kind of get an idea of like what it was like in that time yeah you know but uh but there it's like you have to in order for your movie to really be most effective in my opinion it has to know its target audience it's like so i think a lot of these christian uh, entertainment a lot of these uh, christian entertainment uh studios need to decide okay is this movie for Christians, or is this movie for non-Christians?
0: I feel like there's a third category as well, though. Okay. What about a movie just to entertain? Well, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying, like, for But, Christians. like, that's not for Christians. That's just openly to entertain. Perfect example. I Still Believe. It's probably the most recent movie that's come out so far. It's the story of Jeremy Camp and his wife.
1: Well, I mean, I would see, I would still put that over in the. This is for Christians because it's edifying. Like Jeremy Camp's story is still edifying Christians.
0: I could see that, but at the same time, it's not openly. It's edifying. It's like it's like venerating the memory of his wife who struggled with cancer, and the battle that he went through. It doesn't necessarily like like Jesus is mentioned, but I think it's just there to entertain.
1: Well, so it it is. And you know, that when I say is this for Christians, it's what I mean is it's to entertain Christians, but in in addition to entertaining, it's edifying them. I mean, it's the sa- it's the same concept of uh like watching I don't know some super violent movie on Netflix. It's in, it's made specifically to entertain, but it's like you're still it's like you're still getting desensitized to the violence and the Whatever to whatever else is included in that. So the, uh, the edification in I Still Believe
0: is still there, even though it's meant to entertain. Sure. You see what I'm saying? But you could do that with any movie. Well, yeah, you could. Because the Godfather could edify Christians by saying, oh, I don't want to be in this life. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and so, like... And so I do get your point. I do get your point. And so, but that's kind of the whole job of, I believe, any kind of like leader or influencer in Christian culture or culture in general is to influence. And so you can find influence anywhere. And so, um, like, I felt the Holy Spirit strongest in jobs I've had that are not at a church, because I believe the job of Christians is to go out and you know influence. Yeah. And I believe the best if I could be a Christian like director, my big thing is I would show the errors or fallacies that culture has, how they lead to empty wells. And then, like you said, I would edify and evangelize. And uh, which kind of goes into our next point, I think, kind of seamlessly is music.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was just about to say that, too. I mean. Art, musical artists have, it's a lot easier for them to do what you're what you're talking about you know not not being blatantly Christian but coming but coming to entertain while also bringing uh things that can be edifying for the body of Christ yeah so I mean for instance like uh switchfoot so switchfoot is they've been popularized within Christian circles yeah they they're not uh they're not exclusively a Christian band Like, yeah. if you uh, if you were to ask uh, John Foreman, uh, "Is Switchfoot a Christian band?" He would tell you, "Look, I'm a Christian by faith, not by genre." Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm, it's like I'm a, it's like I'm a believer in Jesus, and my faith is going to influence my music, but at the heart of it, I'm just I'm a musician.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like I'm gonna write song. It's like I'm going to write from my perspective, but I'm not writing with the intent with the intent to specifically evangelized now some, there are some artists that are out there or have been that have been out there before that that was their intention i mean a good example would be like for today like, yeah so for today they they were a christian metal band uh, they broke up like a couple of years ago but um very blatantly christian but because they just wrote face melting riffs <laughs> they uh they were able to make it like cross over to the mainstream, yeah. And they were loved by a lot of people in the metal in the metal community, whether they were Christian or not, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you're right. It's like music is a great vehicle for that, but uh, I mean, yeah, music also has the same problems that uh, Christian movies have. I mean, if it's like if you're listening to this, if you and you've ever listened to Stellar Cart, you know exactly what I mean. Okay, what? Have <laughs> you never listened to Stellar Cart? What is that? Oh my God, <laughs> you're so Zach here is blessed to have never heard Seller Cart. So like um, Striper,
0: <laughs> Striper. Oh my God, Striper. Chris Jericho loves Striper. <laughs>
1: to hell with the <laughs> devil. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think part of <laughs> so Striper is a a good example of like another problem that I see within like Christian entertainment is. I feel like a lot of uh, Christian entertainment, music, and movies—it's like, and books sometimes—is that they're trying to co they are trying to create a carbon copy of something that's already in the secular world. Yeah. So like, Stellar Cart, so like Stellar Cart is like, is like trying to be like a carbon copy of like, uh, like a uh, Simple Plan, <laughs> but <laughs> that it's like lit- literally like. It just turns out bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they, they literally have a song uh, called uh, Me and Jesus. It's oh. like, you got me and Jesus. I'm just like, stop this. <laughs> I mean, in addition to it being, just not being super deep at all, like, it's just incredibly cheesy, and it just feels like they're trying to be cool, and it, it just makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. It's, it's so, it's disgusting. I mean... Stop trying to be cool. You trying to be cool is making you
0: uncool. And that's a that's a that's a cool kind of tangent to go on is as Christians, we're never going to be cool. Yeah. I, I mean, kind of the whole thing with this podcast is we're telling you some of the things that are seen as weird because they're weird. They go against culture. Yeah. And so we're never going to be accepted fully by culture, no matter how many times somebody receives a Grammy. And I want to say, I thank God, like it doesn't we're not going to be accepted in that way.
1: Well, I mean, see, and I don't know about that completely. It's like I, I agree with you to an extent, but I mean, there have been uh, artists that have in, that have influenced the culture. I mean, Switchfoot is one of them. I mean, Switchfoot has crossed over and they're a big influence in music.
0: I know, so, but I'm saying that and, Christian music is never, or Christian artists are never going to completely take over a culture.
1: Uh, yeah, on that, and that I would agree. Yeah, but I, I do believe that they have the ability to, like, make an impact in the
0: culture. Sure. Is, I mean,
1: music itself has a, music itself has a way of just like really like integrating itself within culture and pushing the culture forward. Yeah. I mean, it's like like the hip hop culture that we have is pushed by rap artists. Yeah. I mean as mu- as much as you want to say it, as much as you want to say otherwise, I mean it is. I mean yeah. now there there are other aspects of that, but it's like the uh like the like whole like uh emo scene, emo scene and like uh-huh. pop punk scene <laughs> that's pushed by music. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, yes, it, it has its influences from like skate from like uh skaters and yeah. things like that, but I mean, even the skaters is like a lot of that is pushed through music.
0: I love so, how you never got out of your emo phase. <laughs> I, I didn't like you know,
1: you know those uh those like those like forty fifty year old dads that just like never left the eighties. Like I'm that I'm that uh, I'm gonna be that dad
0: that just like never left the mid two thousands, so <laughs> I'm still wait. I I believe that you're trying to get a partition to get Warp Tour back. Dude, I absolutely <laughs> I would
1: love it if Warp Tour came back.
0: And not, that's not gonna an- lie. And that's another thing as well. Like the first album I ever listened to was Kanye's College Dropout, yeah. and I'm not just saying that just because he's a Christian. Now I listened to him whenever he wasn't, like. My style and genre of music would be like kind of like a electronic pop punk sound and also like hardcore rap. Yeah. And so I listen to Kendrick Lamar. I listen to Drake. I listen to Eminem. I listen to Kanye. I mean, I listen to all these people and the whole thing about it is I'm a big lyric guy and I like to think. Yeah. So like music that helps you think. I mean, Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer. Which is yeah. like for books, yeah, <laughs> and just because he was so deep in his words, and so it's a subjective view. But kind of to go back on track with this is you have to find a way to to influence the lane that you're in. Like for me, big Christians who are influencing hip hop right now, Lecrae, uh, Andy Minio, KB, and all these people like that. Who uh, I mean, Andy Minio has played on like Hot ninety seven nine yeah, all the time, exactly. And he's been on sway in the morning many times.
1: And I mean, they're and they're in a perfect position to influence the culture. It's and it doesn't even have to be just by their music. I mean, their music's absolutely going to help, but it's also just with the way that they're uh, the way that they handle like their persona. Yeah, the way that they handle themselves in public, the way you know, it's like constantly having that uh, that um, air of humbleness. Yeah, you know that's that's rare. For like, especially for like musicians, like it's rare. It's rare to find a musician that doesn't have a huge ego. Absolutely, <laughs> it's because I mean that they It's like their job is literally to get in front of thousands of people every night and sing or yeah, play play there's music. There's
0: quite literally people <laughs> paying to see them.
1: Right, and you know whether whether it's a Christian artist or just an artist that's a Christian, like they have an the opportunity to influence the culture in a positive way, but I think that. They every Christian artist for sure falls in the trap of not knowing who their target of Sonia is going to be. I get again, same with movies, a lot of them like they can't decide whether they're going to whether they're trying to just, just stick in the Christian lane and just minister to Christians and just build up the body of Christ, yeah, or if they're trying to be evangelical and trying to. Reach people outside of the Christian uh, worldview, so no, I mean I will say that a lot of a uh, a lot of Christian pop and a lot of and obviously worship, it's very obvious what lane they're in. I mean, with worship music, it's for it's specifically for the body of Christ. It's yes. not meant to like Hillsong is not out to uh, evangelize. Elevation Worship is not out to like their music is not out to evangelize. I mean, I'm sure that the church themselves is out to evangelize, but the music itself is to...
0: The music is for the church.
1: Exactly. Yes. So, and...
0: Even though there are a few worship songs who have, like, almost superseded culture, like Oceans is... I've heard Oceans on The Voice before. Oh, yeah. Which is super cool, but, like, that's not the original intent of it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. We've talked about this stuff, about movies and culture and everything like that. How would you influence people using the platform that we have, into, um, like, how does this apply to them?
1: How does uh, our podcast, like, apply to... No, how
0: does what we're talking about, this topic, apply to them? Because whether we like it or not, we are influencing people just by talking about these things. And so should people just boycott God's Not Dead? Like, what would be the next step? No,
1: I I think, uh, I mean, basically we're just having a conversation and just talking about, just kind of, like, bringing to light that, we know what's going on. You know, I think a lot of people that are on the outside kind of see what's happening in Christian entertainment yeah. or they, or they just don't at all. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for the ones that do, it's just like, I think the, uh, the benefit of us saying what we're saying is just to let you know that we're aware of what's going on and we don't like it either. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, but I think there is a lot. I think another good thing about this is highlighting some of the, uh, the good that's out there. I mean, it's like, if you if you are a Christian like watching watching uh Christian movies watching movies that are centered around the gospel or centered around a inspirational message is a wonderful thing and I don't want to, I would never discourage anybody from doing that because no. you know it's like we have yes we have the Bible we ha- it's like we have God's word but I think art has a way of infl- has a way of touching us when nothing else will yeah So I think highlight I think like highlighting some of that is uh, is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, all throughout the Gospels, you even see Jesus. uh, He's not necessarily just giving straight information like he's he's telling he's given a lot of his information through storytelling and telling parables. And he's using a lot of like artistic imagery to project uh, like truth and to protect uh, the reality of the uh, kingdom of God and to project the reality of our fallen nature. So, you know, I think movies, music, art has a way of helping us to understand really deep philosophical things and deep spiritual things that we may not be able to understand through just, you know, giving us the direct information. So since since we're doing since we wanna highlight those things, uh Zach, like what are your what are like some of your favorite uh Christian movies? As in ones I like. Yeah, just ones you like. It can okay. be just in general.
0: Um I like movies that tell a story. And um the thing that I believe we have a Kind of like a up in or we kind of have like a um, advantage in is getting deep, is getting and talking about the deeper topics. So I mentioned I still believe before. So Jeremy Camp, it's his story about how his wife struggled with cancer and uh, eventually passed away from it. And it just tells the story of that. Um, I can only imagine. That's another good one. Yeah. Story of um, what's his name? Uh, Bart Millard. Bart Millard, and how he had a extremely abusive father, and how he and how his dad was able to, you know, find redemption and different things like that. Um, I think it's. I'm not ashamed, which talks about Columbine. If, I think I, it is.
1: I haven't watched that one. I may have to look that up.
0: Okay, so this is I'm not ashamed. Columbine High School student Rachel Joyce Scott grew up knowing the love of God but wasn't ready to receive it. Uh, at times her faith is strong, but at other times she finds it uh, at odds with the daily life. After a difficult breakup with her non-believing boyfriend, Rachel finds inspiration in a formerly homeless teen as a renewed commitment to Christ plays out in a powerfully powerfully at her high school. And around the world. So basically, it talks about how she finds Jesus and everything while at Columbine. And basically, the movie ends with the shooters coming up. Yeah. Rachel Scott was one of the first people to die at Columbine. Dang. And so different things like that. It's a deep topic. It's heavy. But I believe we have the advantage in talking about that because if you look at a 13 Reasons Why, you're talking about suicide, the best thing that you have is therapy. Yeah. But I believe we have an answer for these problems. And even as simple as where do you go whenever you die? We have that answer. Yeah. And um, like I mentioned before, Darren Wilson, he makes movies. Not the cop that killed Michael Brown, by the way. Let me just yeah. make that very <laughs> Not that <Oof>. guy. <laughs> this is a completely different guy. Um, he makes movies about the Holy Spirit moving where the Holy Spirit brings them to locations and they go there, they see people held, they go and give prophetic words. I like movies like that. Sully, so what about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've already mentioned like To Save a Life,
1: I love that movie. It's probably one of my favorites. Um, War Room is also a really good one. Mentioned that one before. Uh, there's a movie called uh, Second Chance, and it's, it's an older one, but uh, it stars uh, Michael W. Smith, also a Christian music artist, if yes. you don't know. But uh, he is a he is a worship pastor at this huge church who, all of a sudden, like gets uh sent to go help out a sister church that's uh in the inner city, and it's just completely different. It's completely different from what he's used to. I mean, it's a smaller church, it's a, a culture that he's not used to, and it's really interest. It's really interesting, like paradigm shift, and I I really like movie. I really like movies that are like that that really like shift your perspective yeah um uh not, another one uh, this is not a movie this is uh just a series that uh, a lot of that some of you may have heard of already but uh series called the chosen mm-hmm. so it's a uh it's one of those like jesus tv shows like but biblical tv shows like going through the life of jesus but it's not it's not like a lot of the uh, ones that you may have like seen in like the Christian bookstore growing up where like, you know, Jesus and all his disciples are just happened to be white. Um <laughs> but uh it's like they it was really interesting because they they this show like they got they got uh Middle Eastern actors yeah. to portray these and like they they spoke in, like they they didn't go as far as to like make them like make this entire script in Hebrew no. like uh the passion but uh like they really did a good job of, like, painting the, uh like, painting a picture of, like, the characters in the story. So, like, they, they did a really good job of, like, breathing new life into, like, the disciples and, like, giving them a personality as to where, like, if you just read the Bible, if you're just reading the Bible, I mean, you can get an idea of their personality, but the Chosen, like, really kind of like, uh makes it real for people absolutely so um i really i really loved it i literally cried every single episode um it's really good. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean there's a lot there's a lot of good christian entertainment out there um i mean i i even there's even some like christian fiction that i really like i mean uh there there's a couple of books by like ted decker like uh, a book called showdown um there's a book called uh house it's like it's actually like a horror uh book and they made a movie out of it too. The movie is it's it's okay. It's not as good as the book, but what movie that's that's adapted from a book ever is? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a lot of good entertainment out there that's wholesome, that's uh, made by Christian artists mm-hmm. and made by Christian directors and Christian authors that I think are well worth uh, looking into because even like even if you're already a Christian and like you don't necessarily need like a left behind movie to evangelize you and like you know bring you to Jesus or God's not dead <laughs> but uh it's like there are a lot of good movies out there that will inspire you and like spur you on towards the mission of uh, Christ and spur you on to uh, learn more and like really and a lot of them that'll really encourage you in your walk yeah so, yeah, I think I think it's important that we highlight those. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like we said, inter- entertainment has the ability to influence in a positive or negative way. Yeah. And while I mean, we could sit here, we could sit here all day and like rip apart these uh <laughs> these movies and music and uh TV shows and stuff. It's like we don't it's like we want to make sure that we highlight those and give you something that's going to set your mind on things above. That's going to set help set your mind on the things of Christ. So, uh, yeah, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rate and review. If you're on uh, Spotify, be sure to uh, click follow. And we're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Breaker, Podcast, Radio Public. Basically anywhere you can find podcasts, you'll probably find us. Uh, you can also find us at uh, Facebook.com. Uh, that's Facebook.com Strange World Pod. That's Strange World P-O-D. Um, if you want to email us directly, uh, you can find us at strange at gmail.com. Thank you guys again, and we'll see you next time. Things that the entertainment industry pushes that we're against—that I would say that I don't know. I
0: don't like. The, I don't like how. This Shouldn't is, have eaten that pizza. Maddie was you're right. right. <laughs> you're right. It was the pizza. The pizza did me in. I'm just going to start over. No, you're good, bud.
1: Um,.